1: What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden in New York City. And I want to know, are you a citizen or a revolutionary? The enemy of the people are the revolutionaries for a godless Marxist society, a society where public school teachers are historically and constitutionally illiterate. And all the politicians are to the left of AOC, to the left of Bernie Sanders, to the left of Elizabeth Warren. So, are you a revolutionary or just a citizen that wants to be left alone so you can just mind your business? Imagine that. A cute little cottontail bunny minding its business, nibbling on the grass, while a slick fox or a coyote is creeping up behind it in the distance. Which one are you? The killer coyote Or the little bunny that's about to be butchered. A little butchered bunny rabbit. Will you win or will you lose? Even if this bunny gets away because he's faster and he has big ears so he can hear the the hunter coming. He'll never eliminate the threat that's presented by the coyote, will he? It's an ever-present thing. He'll always be the prey of that coyote. So does that bunny possess the ability... To fight back. Do you see yourself as the bunny or as the coyote? And which one of them do you think wins the battle for America? The battle that we're having the last few years and the battle we're going to continue to have for the next few years. Are you just a citizen or are you a revolutionary? Will you live or will you die? Now obviously, we're all going to die of something. And I'm not suggesting that we're going to have a war or anything like that. Far from that. But I'm talking about this ideological information war that we're having. This is the question that I have. Because I really don't know the answer. I think a lot of people want to see themselves as the big bad wolf. And moreover, as the, the alpha, the head, the, the pack leader in the wolf pack. But that's just not really the case for everybody. Because when I talk to people, the number one question they have for me is, well, what do we do, Rich? What do we do? Right? Everybody's frantic. Nobody can think. Nobody comes up with a a plan. Everybody's just waiting for someone else to do the heavy lifting. Everyone's waiting for someone else to do it. And again, I'm not trying to blame anybody for anything. I'm saying this is what I've observed. Right? This is why we vote for leaders in a representative uh, republic that we have. We vote for someone to go and represent us, to do the arguing for us so that we're not debating legislation, so that we're not raising our hand all in favor, say I. right? We elect senators and, and uh, representatives in the House of Representatives and so on and so forth at the local level. This is interesting for me because I think we do have to equip ourselves to, to fight back and, and perhaps my bunny rabbit analogy wasn't the right one. Maybe we're more like kangaroos and we do fight back. I don't know. I'm just trying to create an example where it kind of shocks the system and lets you know you're not allowed to sit there and mind your business anymore. You're not allowed to say, I'm too old to get into this. I've got kids. I've got a job. I think all of those excuses are invalid. I think people have to rise up and say, you know what? This is it. Now, listen, I get it. Not every fight is going to be your fight, right? For example, I'm probably not going to go into the school board meeting with a bunch of signs fighting against books that I don't like. Why? Because I'm going to fight on different levels, in different places. I have to pick a different fight because my oldest kid is out of public school and my youngest one is a senior and she's on her way out. Doesn't mean I can't support, but that means that can't be my number one fight in this culture, in this battle for the culture. Just can't be. I got to focus on other things, maybe more macro, more broad-based topics, other things that I could do in my broadcast career. But the point that I'm making is we all have to do something and shake it up a little bit. We can't just steer clear of things like we used to and say, oh, well, you know, I'm a restaurant owner. I don't get involved in that. You know, I I take customers from, of course you can. You're going to have customers from every political spectrum. Absolutely. I'm not telling you to turn your business into a campaign office. I'm saying that we all have to do something more, whether it's getting more involved, whether it's um, sponsoring the next fundraiser, whether it's uh, helping somebody, giving space to help people organize, helping to pay for the paper for flyers or donating for a digital campaign, whatever it is, we've got to get more involved, get more involved with the local activist group, get more involved in everything that's going on, because this is the hill to die on, in my opinion. I mean, yes, things will slow down and cool off if Republicans take the House. Sure, granted, that's going to be a thing. But it doesn't mean it ends. It doesn't mean that we've really pushed the, the ideological enemy on their heels. They're just paused. They're hiding behind a bush, waiting for the next time they can come after their prey. You, me, our children. So how do we really push them back? We have to be a little bit more active. We've got to be a little bit more... Uh, on the fight side than the flight side. And we're going to get into that again a little bit later in the show. I want to focus on that. But I also want to leave a little bit extra time in the second segment because I want to talk about a bunch of things that are happening in the culture, in particular with the transgender movement and all of that stuff and how there's so much of this that's tailored towards children. So I'm going to keep this segment kind of tight and kind of concise. So straight ahead, we're going to talk about Mike Tyson and how he says he's becoming more conservative Yep. Now, this is coming from the guy with a tattoo of Mao Zedong on his torso, right? The the chairman of the Chinese Communist Party. And, of course, we're going to get to the latest on the war for your children by the transgender LGBTQ community and what the uh, big deal is with monitoring PayPal. Because, obviously, PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, and all of those other uh, transactions, uh, now if you exchange more than $600, well, they're going to look at you. And this is part of the reason why they want to go towards a, a digital currency so that that can be measured, monitored, and dare I say, even controlled. So what could the implications of that be? We're going to get into that as well. And do New Yorkers now need to show ID in order to buy whipped cream? <laughs> uh, boy, this is an interesting one. The answer's Well, I'll tell you on the other side. We're going to look at all of those questions and more right after these messages from the people that pay to make this program free for you to hear. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America.
0: This is America.
3: This is America.
1: He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Make sure you chime in that way. And thank you again. We had some really um, great news come through the... um, Whatever that's called, Pod Track, or the other one where they tell us uh, how we did on the charts and on the Apple charts. uh, As far as the podcast goes, we were in the top 200 of all podcasts in the news commentary category. And that's thanks to you. And again, that's out of like 400,000. We were in uh, number 165, I think, this week. So thank you for that. And of course, everybody listening on the air. In Philly, 1210 WPHT, it's always an honor to be with you guys. Now, I want to get into a few things, right? So we were talking about Mike Tyson earlier, and recently I saw something from Newsmax where he did an interview, and they had the audio of it, and I want you to hear what Mike Tyson had to say. Listen to this.
3: When I was younger, I was all-out liberal, but as I get older and I look at my children and I see what's out in the world, I get a little conservative. You know, it's common sense. Looking at the world at the stage right now, you want safety.
1: So Mike Tyson says he's become more conservative as he's gotten older. And of course, this is reminiscent of the old uh, adage or the old uh, quote from William F. Buckley that said, if you're not a liberal when you're young and become a conservative... How does it go? Let's see. If you're not a liberal when you're young, you have no heart. And if you're not a conservative when you're older, you have no brain. Right? Something like that. And... I, I agree with that. I happen to have been a conservative since I was really young, but that doesn't make it any difference, I think. It just, I had a different situation in life. But as Mike has children now and he says, you know, he wants security, we have to look at what is going on where there's crime everywhere. You're seeing people in New York City getting robbed on those small mopeds where they're pulling up and robbing people at gunpoint for jewelry and other things, shooting people, stabbing people indiscriminately. And it just makes me think crime is all over the place. There is an all-out attack on civility, on safety, on the public safety, and on your children. So, you know, Tyson brings up his kids and that he wants safety for his children. And, of course, he's got some adult children. But those of us that, you know, have adult children that were once little children, I think are really the ones that are paying the price. We're the ones that are saying, you know what, little kids right now, for example, in Philadelphia, they're being... Forced to wear a mask. Now, you, you don't have to wear a mask on an airplane. You don't have to wear it just about anywhere. But in Philadelphia, for some obscure reason, they're going to do this to pre-K kids. Listen to this.
2: August 29th is the first official back to school day for Philadelphia school district students. And kids will have to mask up for what? at least the first 10 days. While kids in pre-K, get this, Rachel, have to stay masked all day. Year long in Philadelphia. It's so crazy. Insane. Pre-K kids mask up all year long in Philly. This news comes just days after the CDC dropped a majority of COVID-19 protocols, regardless of whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated.
1: So the CDC says you don't have to do this or that, or you don't have to be vaccinated or this or that. They've dropped the protocols. They're basically saying, look, this pandemic... Is over. It's become endemic. It's like the flu. This is the CDC, right? Good old follow the science. But yet, little kids, we're going to put masks on them. Now, why? Most people say it's because the teachers are afraid of getting the, the COVID or other illnesses from the kids because the kids won't get sick amongst themselves, but they'll carry it and spread it. And these middle-aged teachers are really afraid, so they've gone to the teacher's union and they've cried. So, therefore, putting themselves in front of your children... Because that's really what they care about is themselves, right? Not your children. And that's a shame. And again, this is not an attack or an indictment on teachers. I think teachers are fantastic. I love teachers. I helped to start a charter school in Jersey City some time ago. I I truly support that. I've worked in education myself and was a school board member at a charter school. But I will say there are a number of new teachers out there that seem ill-equipped to teach the children in their class what they're supposed to teach them, but they seem incredibly well-equipped to teach them or indoctrinate them with wokeism, what we'll call, you know, transgenderism and all of this. And again, this is, yeah, I guess you could say this is my theory of what they're conspiring to do with your children. Right. First of all, I have a couple of clips that I saw on social media that I think, when we string them together, start to paint the picture. Right. The first one is just a man-on-the-street interview of two young female teachers that basically admit to saying, look, one says I was a teacher, the other one says she's still a teacher, and they don't even have a clue as to when America was founded. Listen to this.
3: I was a seventh-grade civics uh, teacher, government teacher, and she is an elementary school teacher. What
4: year did we get our independence... Mm -hmm. (laughs)
2: <laughs> 17 something i actually don't teach what's in our curriculum i'm teaching children social studies that's not in our curriculum teaching them things about how to be an anti-racist i taught them about protesting i taught them about black lives Matter.
1: all right hat tip to the lexit movement on instagram now isn't that kind of crazy so this woman says she doesn't even know what she's doing in the classroom or what she did, why she's doing it. And it sounds like she's almost having a mea culpa moment where she's uh, admitting, you know what, I'm all screwed up here. I've ruined things for children across America. And, and that's why, um, you know, she's having this conversation. I don't think she was bragging about it. But again, I'll let you be the judge of that. But this is not the only person. There are, there's an army of these types of educators that are out there that are, brainwashing your kids now you would say but what's the point why would anybody want to brainwash our kids well I, I would agree with you and i would say it makes no sense but then you have other teachers that are consciously pushing this stuff i mean to little little kids listen to this one
3: just had a great idea i've been trying to figure out a way to introduce pride month to my students my preschoolers who are four and five-year-olds, most of them are five now, um, but, you know, we've done everything else, we've done, um, Native American Heritage Month, Latinx Heritage Month, Black History Month, um, AAPI Month, last month, you know, Women's Month, March, um, So I'm like, we have to do Pride. Like, I'm bisexual. I don't know if I'm able to, like, say that to the students. I don't know. I probably won't. Anyway, here's my idea. Um, So I was talking to my co-teacher about this, so I can't take credit for it all. Um, But I said, well, maybe we can just go around the room and have the kids tell us, like, who lives in their home. Um, Like, some, because there's some people that have grandparents that live in the home. And then we can talk about,
1: you know... How some people have two dads. Now, forgive the annoying background music there, but I hope you were able to hear everything that came through there. This teacher was basically saying, I'm a preschool teacher. I have four and five-year-olds in my classroom. I'm trying to figure out how to introduce Pride Month. And they tried to come up with a co-teacher, this roundabout way of getting kids to say who lives in their home So that then they could turn around and say who lives in their home, hoping that'll spark the interest of the kids so that she could then say, oh, that she's my partner, my girlfriend, my wife, or because I'm bisexual. That means I like this and I like that. And that's okay. If you like to like this and like that, these are your four and five-year-old pre-K kids. This psycho, sicko woman wants to get in their head and corrupt them. She became a teacher to do this. I guarantee you, because these are Keynesian, sicko, crazy, local people. And they have to be stopped. This perversion of our youth, this hypersexualization of children, it's just not cool. Kids need to be off limits. If you want to do whatever you do, if you want to be like Bad Bunny, El Conejo Malo, or I'm going to now call him El Conejo Raro. And I'm a fan of Bad Bunnies, right? But Bad Bunny, Funny Bunny, doing what he's doing. Listen, that's on him. He's an adult. I don't think you should be doing that at the MTV Video Music Awards. Because I know there's a big teenage audience, and again, you're influencing young people, but that's exactly why they're doing it because there is a conscious effort to get inside the mind and desensitize your children to seeing things they haven't seen before and pushing new and different topics on them at a very early age so that they can become very used to this. Right? This is just like the uh, flyers that you've seen on, on social media where they're saying, hey, you got to come to the drag show. It's a brunch. It's a breakfast. Come one, come all. All ages welcome. And they bring the little kids on stage and they make them twerk with these men that are dressed like women. You would think this is not... Again, my, if my niece, she turned 16. She had her 16th birthday party at one of those drag places on her. That was up to my brother and his wife, and they decided that that's fine. You don't do that with a 4-year-old birthday party. That would be sick and insane and crazy. But these locals, this is what they want to do. So I take exception to this stuff because I think if we don't stop this, we're going to have a massive problem on our hands with this oversexualization and hypersexualization of our society. Now I'm going to continue because there's more to come, right? We've got this preschool teacher that's saying she wants to do this to four and five year olds. Then you have another teacher that corrects a kid named Diego in the classroom and says, listen, you can't you can't call them pedophiles. No, 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 no. We're not going to stigmatize them. We have to call them maps, minor attracted persons. Listen to this one. Stop
2: it, Diego. We're not going
1: to call
2: them that. We're going to call them maps.
1: No. modern, attracted persons. No. So don't judge people just because they want to have sex with a five year old. Yeah, exactly. The f. Don't judge people because they want to have sex with a five year old. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. What are we going to sit here and be like? Oh, you're a map? Oh, andito, ay bendito. This one's a map. This one needs help because he wants to have sex with five year olds. No, we lock them up and we throw away the key. You can rehabilitate them later. Keep these people away from children. How do we prioritize some sicko, some absolute crazy person? Now, listen, I understand that people struggle with demons. I understand that people want to redeem their lives and maybe they were abused themselves so they're abusing other people. I get that and I'm not ignoring it and I believe in the redemptive power of all things good and holy. But I also believe first and foremost in protecting my young and protecting yours. I'm not going to let some other crazy local um, pedophile person go near your kids if I'm around. And neither should you because I think it's incumbent upon all of us to protect those that are the most vulnerable amongst us, right? Whether it's old people, whether it's little kids, if you see some some nurse's aide beating the crap out of an incapacitated person in a bed in a nursing home, what are you going to do? Turn a blind eye? When you're a strong, healthy guy like me, no, you got you got to get involved in something like that. I mean, otherwise you're just wrong. You're not helping people. You're doing the wrong thing. At least that's how I see it. If you see it differently, you let me know. I'm at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media because I'd love for you to chime in on this. But I mean, I have a couple of more clips and I'm glad I left a little time for this. This segment's going to run a little long, but I think this is stuff you need to hear. And you may have seen this stuff on the internet. That's where I'm grabbing the audio from, from different... Um, social media accounts that I follow or people send to me but this one is a guy Alok Manan he's a transsexual transvestite I'm not sure if he's both or one or the other but he's written a book called Little Girls Are Kinky Too and uh,
2: listen to this clip this is Alok Manan he is a poet an activist and a leader in the trans community Alok is also an author that's his book and here's Debbie Lovato with his book She's a good friend and a big fan. Alok is famous all around the world, and he has very famous friends. Here's Alok with some of his famous friends. You may recognize some of them.
1: Now it's showing pictures of famous people. Sam Smith, Christian Siriano, Margaret Cho, other people I don't know, Trevor Noah. There's
2: Trevor Noah. This is Alok's Twitter page. And here's a tweet that Alok shared with us not too long ago. Please read it for yourself. If you can't make it out, I'll be happy to read it for you on the next page. Alok writes, the narrative is that transgender people will come into bathrooms and abuse little girls. The supposed purity of the victims has remained stagnant. There are no princesses. Little girls are also kinky. Your kids aren't as straight and narrow as you think. Hmm. Well, even after that tweet, Alok Manan remains a respected leader in the trans community.
1: I have no respect for Alok Manan. And and dare I say, I don't know, I might get in trouble for this, but I would probably beat the crap out of this guy if he ever came close to my kids. Uh, Hypothetically, of course. Uh, But this type of guy that says that there is no um, purity in small girls and whatever... This is a guy that needs an attitude adjustment, right? Or what the, the cops in New York used to call, and my buddy Curtis Lewis says, the the wooden shampoo, <laughs> back in the days when they would uh, tune you up with a nightstick. Am I advocating violence? No, I'm recalling the um, I'd say more aggressive tactics of yesteryear. But point being, this guy Alok Manan, this guy is a psycho, a psycho that's going out there and saying that you're you're blaming the. The the people that are getting raped, when these people getting raped, they're not as innocent as you say they are, these little girls in the bathrooms. Oh, they're very fresh. No, you know what? Again, and I'm thinking of my children when they were four and five and six and seven. But whatever the case is, nobody deserves to get raped. We know that. And nobody should be advocating this. But yet this lady does it in her kindergarten voice. This is a Lokmanan. Blah, 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 blah. This is his Twitter page. Spoon feeding this to your children so that they can become desensitized to these crazy things and think that they themselves are some sort of... Uh, super hyper-sexualized monster. And if they don't feel like one yet because they're only 12 or 13 and maybe they'll feel like that at 16, 17, 18 or 30, then uh, there's something wrong with them. And they can start looking at themselves and creating new problems from themselves, whether it's depression or cutting or starvation diets or whatever it is. I mean, today, young girls have so much pressure on them that it's just ridiculous. The girls that have curves don't want the curves. The girls that 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 don't have curves, they're trying to get curves. It's just an absolute a nightmare what we're seeing go on. That I honestly, I didn't see that growing up with my friends. So um, I mean, girls have always been somewhat more insecure because they were more attuned to fashion and whatnot. But I think it's just very very interesting to see how this is playing out uh, in in real time as we watch it with people like Alok Manan and these other people now. Something that I wanted to get into, um, and before we run out of time in the segment, is there was this biologist audio, I'm going to have to skip that, but it's basically a biologist that says, no, you can't be a woman because your body and your DNA is different, even if you're a man and you're a transsexual. Uh, But the other one was a really interesting one here, where it's a bunch of scientists uh, that are openly discussing how they're using your children as experiments. And basically they're saying, you know what, in the first group that we did this to, when we used the beta blockers or um, hormone blockers, puberty blockers, turns out none of these subjects were later able to achieve uh, orgasm sexually. And it's just so flip the way they discuss this. Listen to this.
4: It is, um was an observation that I had that every single child who was, or adolescent, who was truly blocked at Tanner stage two is, has never experienced orgasm. I mean, it's it's really about zero. These are the of course, these are just assigned male at birth, so trans feminine. And it's because they never in their lives are exposed to testosterone. Uh, that doesn't change. That doesn't change. So blockers prevent the rise of testosterone, and they don't really go on testosterone at or around surgery or into adulthood. And so we don't know. They're going to have this sensation. There's no question about that. Um, but are they going to be able to re- achieve sexual satisfaction? It's important in relationships. And I know that from my work with female genital mutilation survivors, that, that the lack of being able to be intimate with a partner is very important. And so this is what really raised the red flag for me is to say, look, we're going to really we need to have our eyes open about it. I think it's been beneficial talking about it. Um, I know Joe and many others have, have reported to me, you know, they've they've they have looked, they've changed their approach a little bit in their informed consent models, and that they're we're talking about masturbation now. We're talking about, okay, that's a, an area of the body that's got very dysphoric for you, but you know what? It's
1: now again, some might listen to that and think, well, wow, that's fantastic. They're reviewing, they're seeing the error of their ways. I'm thinking not so much. They're just trying to figure how to cover their tracks and and do what they do, but clean it up a little bit. Again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being biased. But I believe that is Marcy Bowers. Uh, she's a medical doctor who is the president of World Professional Association for Gelder, <laughs> Transgender Health. Uh, that's W-P-A-T-H. And this to me is just, it's somewhat shocking. I mean, I knew that that this happened to some degree, but I'd never heard it. I've always felt that there are some crazy uh, followers of uh, Alfred Kinsey somewhere out there saying, you know what, we are going to just push this on people and let's use influences in the media and academia and public schools and however we can get it to normalize the situation. And if we give people the option to choose their gender, what would they do? And if we rename things instead of bisexuality, which may have a a negative connotation to it, maybe we can call it pansexuality and focus on relationships or, or genders and, and, and whatnot and try to just manipulate the verbiage of all of it so that everybody's light and flowery and everything's okay and and judgment-free because you can choose whatever you like to do because there's no role for God. There's no role for your nature. There's no role for you as a person that has his or her own agency to make choices for oneself. They make the choice for you and then make it look like you're making a choice for yourself right? That's pretty clear. Now they might argue and say, no, this is the ultimate choice because you get to pick if you're like boys, girls, this, that, old ones, young ones, you can go as young as five years old. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. Sick people are attracted to children. You don't give your children an option to become a map. And that seems to be where we're going because of Kinsey's philosophy that babies are sexually repressed, And that it's the parents and the law and and society that are preventing them from exploring their their sexual bliss. Because he's a sicko. And these people are sickos too. Anyway, those are my thoughts on that. I wanted you to hear this stuff because I hear it on social media. And I said, man, I flag it. I said, you've got to hear this just in case you don't um, have the opportunity to hear it or you didn't hear it or you heard it and you wanted to get my take on it. There it is. This is some crazy stuff. Anyway, there's a lot more to come straight ahead. We're only about halfway through. And it's only an hour that I have with you, which in radio is obviously about 42 or 44 minutes. So we got to try and cram in as much as we can. But there's a lot more to come on this stuff. And I also want to go into Biden. What's going on with Biden? Is he doing any better? No, the answer is wrong. Survey says, no, Biden is not doing any better. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America.
0: The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good, Mr. Carl
3: Screener. Yeah. That's oh, an honor. Thanks, Rich.
0: The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez.
1: All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media and man, it's it's exhausting talking about this stuff sometimes, but we got to get through it. Now, Joe El Baboso Biden, Joe El Baboso Biden, of course, that is my nickname for him. Baboso in Spanish being uh, the bumbling one, kind of like a big drooler. And he's babiando yet again, Joe El Baboso. Now, there's a bunch of things I want to talk about with him, but I want you to hear how Meet the Press over the weekend opened up uh, with regards to Biden and the Biden economy and the state of affairs regarding uh, Biden's presidency.
0: And a good Sunday morning to all of you. We are less than three months before the midterms and our brand new NBC News poll paints a pretty bleak picture. Americans are angry, they're disappointed, and they are worried about the future of this country. Just 21% of adults say we are heading in the right direction. And once again, three out of four Americans say we're on the wrong track. In fact, this number, never before in our poll, has this wrong track number been over 70%, For this long, it's been nearly a year now. 58 percent, by the way, say America's best years are behind us. That's an all time high in our poll.
1: Oh, pobrecito Joe Biden, pobrecito Baboso, right? (laughs) Poor thing. This guy's underwater. He's in bad shape. And uh, and it serves him right because he's been a horrible president. And and I blame his family for allowing him to even take this job because the guy's clearly not up for the task. But I got an email with uh, some poll results. This was on the 30th of August, and I didn't look at it till today. This is from the Convention of States. They did a, a poll in partnership with the Trafalgar Group, one of America's most accurate pollsters in the last several elections, releasing the results of a new national survey. The results from the survey conducted through the um, last week of August and the second to last week of August. And... Fascinating insights here. Listen to this. 52% of voters say that the 87,000 new IRS employees approved by President Biden's legislation will be used to audit middle class Americans, low income earners, and small businesses to target the political opponents of those in power. So they want to go after Republicans. And he's made that clear, right? Because Biden himself has said, I I don't respect these uh, MAGA Republicans. Right? Right. So if you're like me and your pronouns are ultra and MAGA, you're now a target of the IRS. I also think that they, they don't care if you're a Republican or not. I think if, you're, if you buy something and, you know, let's say you buy a car for 1000 bucks and you fix it up and you want to sell it for 3000 bucks and you want to make a quick profit. Now, I know a lot of people that do this because they know mechanics or they have connections with mechanics. And this is something in a lot of inner city neighborhoods people do. Let's say you do that with anything a little quick flip, and now you do it through PayPal, Zelle, or Venmo, now they're going to get you because you spent more than 600 bucks. And aye, aye, ay. Now, will people become slick and do like maybe three or four transactions of $599 each? <laughs> Potentially, and that might get them away with it. But the point is, they're going after the little guy. I mean, the real little guy. When you're looking at transactions of more than $600, that's a lot of people. You know, you, uh, there are kids now that that refurbish sneakers or they do artwork and designs on Jordans or other types of expensive sneakers selling them on eBay to their friends or to whomever they have a business that they've built and if they sell you know uh, a pair of sneakers for 350 and they got two pairs and 350 and 350 boom 700 bucks now this kid is a target this 19 year old kid or maybe even 17 years old because he did it through PayPal with one of his buddies that, you know, had some birthday money and wanted to buy some really cool sneakers. I mean, I think this whole thing is out of control, but that's where it is. 33% say that the audit for the middle class is uh, really going to be focused on small business owners. 15.9% say that the target is going to be political opponents of those in power. 3.2% say that it's going to be to audit the Cash App or Zelle or these other types of um, money um, management uh, applications. And tips as well for people that are gig workers. Thirty hmm, percent hmm, hmm. or thirty-one point six percent say voters uh, believe that these IRS agents, some of them armed, by the way, will be used to audit. Uh, will not be used to audit wealthy Americans. And then there are some that also believe that will happen. And there's more insights. Maybe I'll post this online so you could see it. But this is some crazy stuff. And it makes me think. When the government has this much control and makes the people that subservient to them, we have a problem, right? And people might say, oh, this is the road to serfdom, and I would agree with that. Uh, some might say that we're on the road to a socialist uh, economy that's going to be followed up by a communist government, and I, I believe if it's unchecked, that may happen, too, in the long run. But for those that say, no, 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 Rich, you're out of your mind, there's never, you've never seen a, a bush where you don't think there's a communist popping out from behind it, you're probably right. But I want to tell you a story, all right? And this is an interesting story, but at least it's interesting in my opinion, because I think a lot of people don't really know what's always happening in other places. So Puerto Rico, it's a commonwealth of the United States. This is a very interesting topic. Right now, they're going through some very similar problems to Cuba. In Cuba, they're turning off the power in some parts of the island, 18 out of the 24 hours a day. In some places, it's 20 hours a day, where you're getting two, four, six hours of power per day. Now, in Puerto Rico, they're having blackouts all over the place because they have crumbling infrastructure. Now, this is a problem because the people have trusted the politicians. But yet, despite trusting the politicians, they've had these issues. And Trump was, uh, I think, a champion among them where he said, you know, we're going to give money in particular for the electrical grid and, uh, you know, millions of dollars and, and and did what he the best he could because Trump was in a very contentious political situation where Trump was very pro-Puerto Rico becoming a state, but had to back off of this position um, because he didn't have the support of other Republicans. So in the Senate, Rubio was on board with it, but all of a sudden McConnell decided to say, if Puerto Rico becomes a state, the Democrats will get two senators and, and a congressperson, and we don't need that. And somehow McConnell, of all people, he managed to convince so many people that this would be the truth. Well, uh, quite frankly, nothing could be further from the truth, because Puerto Rico's never really put up a, a long series of leftist Democrats. They just haven't, right? The current resident commissioner, which is the equivalent of a congressperson that can't vote, is um, Jennifer, I forget her last name, I really do, forgive me, but um, she is Martinez Nunez, whatever her name is, she is a Republican, caucuses with the Republican, uh, I'd say out of the last... Three or four governors and I could be wrong, you could fact check me on this, but I would say the last uh, at least half of the last four governors uh, identified <laughs> their pronouns were GOP or Republican. So I think it's um, it's a real stretch. It's not like you're saying Washington DC where Washington DC has never produced a Republican in their elected government. They just don't. everybody's a Democrat there. so it, and it's a whole different situation. Washington DC is written into the Constitution as a district. Uh, Puerto Rico's not. Puerto Rico is very similar to a territory like Oklahoma. It's just it's in the Caribbean where it can become a state or like Alaska or like Hawaii. So I think that we really need to have the facts on our side here and pay attention to what's going on, because as we don't have them and as McConnell gets his way with never wanting to pursue this, Lots of things are happening, right? So a lot of wealthy investors are doing what they do. They're making investments on beachfront property. And there are people that are destitute. And this started under Obama. When Obama was in office, he he had the um, he appoints the board. Uh, it's an unelected board of, of individuals that decide what's going on with the governance financially, the fiscal management uh, in Puerto Rico. And as this happens... Obama picks his people, he puts them in, and they say, we need to shut down public schools. So they begin shutting down public schools, saying there's too many schools, it's not worth the current investment, we have to consolidate them to help the people save money. Everybody goes, oh yeah, great idea, let's do that. Here we are, um, I don't know, six, seven, eight years later, or four years later, excuse me, and uh, yeah, it happened early in the first term, so yeah, probably closer to the first number I cited. And guess what? Now these schools are being sold to hotel developers because their proximity to the beach and being oceanfront properties, and they're building um, skyscrapers and whatever. And again, I'm, I'm capitalist, so I'm, I'm all for that. But I do think that the government has a responsibility to protect the children so that they have somewhere to go to school so that it, not, it does not become a hotel or whatever else, uh, Dunkin' Donuts. I don't care what it becomes. I care that the kids have a school to go to, and we're not lying to people just to be able to take this property. But it seems like a free-for-all. And, and you got the politicians that are extremely corrupt in Puerto Rico uh, that are saying, you know what, we're going to do whatever we can to sell off whatever we can to take whatever bribe we can take and uh, you know to hell with everybody. And I think this is very unfortunate because there's a very active – uh, just like here in the United States, you know, we have a very active communist movement, you know, AOC, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. These people are all communist sympathizers, and that move is afoot in Puerto Rico as well. And every time something like this happens, it gives them the um, the ammo to go after these guys and say, oh, look at what the big bad Yankees are doing. Look at what the capitalist pigs are doing. We need to unite against them. And now you've got all these protests in the streets. So this is a very multifaceted movement. Um, problem that you have where the the people are not monolithic. You have some people that are are looking to to secede from any relationship with the United States. You have others that are looking to become a a state, which I think would be the best thing because then there would be a tax revenue situation and they would kick back taxes to the federal government and it would be a a reciprocal arrangement as it is right now. I think it's a one-way street where we give them money. We keep bailing them out. They don't give us anything back. And it doesn't make a whole bunch of sense, except if you're the developer that's making things happen on the island, like building a hotel or taking over a, a government-run electric company, which they just recently did. They privatized it, so a private power company is now running the grid. But they're saying the damage is too severe, and it likely is. But the point is, all of this give-and-take and uncertainty is harming the people at large. And that's all the result of political corruption. And the United States which Puerto Rico is a part of, should look to Puerto Rico to make sure that this doesn't end up happening in Washington and in the rest of our uh, states here in the contiguous part of the country or even Hawaii or anywhere else because that's what happens when you let corruption go unchecked, when you let Marxists do whatever they want to do, and it creates a very, very big vacuum for what's good for the people. Anyway, you chew on that for a minute. More to come with our final wrap up. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. This is America.
3: Para ingles o primal número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es America. Ahora.
1: All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And I wanted to uh, just, you know, share a few final thoughts with you as we uh, wrap up this edition of This Is America with Rich Valdez. And I want to thank you again for sharing this with your friends, for pushing it out on social media, for doing everything that you do, because to me that's really important. And I wanted to get into this topic, uh, but I think it needs a longer segment, of this central bank digital currency, what they call a CBDC and why this is important, why the IRS wants to track this, why did Biden write this into an executive order? There's a lot to discuss because ultimately this is a problem that we have. And I'll start with saying that before we become like Puerto Rico, which is becoming quickly like Cuba, and it's part of the United States because it's run amok by corrupt. Uh, corrupt, I should say, politicians leeching off of their crumbling infrastructure to gain whatever power they can, you have to ask yourself, are you a counter-revolutionary in this war of ideas? Or will you be another victim of the culture war, another victim of the American Marxists within our government, within our media, and inside of our children's classrooms? Because sitting back and doing what we've always done, you know, minding our own business, That's gotten us nowhere, and it's gotten us nowhere fast. So I think this is fight or flight. You either run away and move to Florida, Tennessee, or Texas, or start showing up to your town meetings. Start connecting with neighborhood activist groups. Start learning about what's going on so that you can be more involved and stop saying I'm too old for this or my job this or my this and my that. Forget it. Don't make excuses for for losing. Make excuses for winning because – we might need you to run for local office. You never know. The time is now. All right? America needs you more now than she's ever needed you before. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So make sure you stand for something because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Hasta la proxima. Until the next time, America, I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is
3: America.